Warning, this episode may contain explicit language and spoilers from the entire Reordenverse. What's up, guys? Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 11, My Best Friend Plays Dodgeball in a Taxi. Shouldn't we say season 2, episode 1? It is the beginning of our season 2. <laughs> it is very exciting. We're covering chapters 1 to 3 of The Sea of Monsters. Joe. Oh, so excited. This is, I can almost safely say, this is my favourite of the first series. This really? Week. Well... Uh, that is a hot take if I ever heard one. Well, as you know, I haven't read the whole series in forever. Yeah. But, yeah, I just remembered I absolutely loved Sea of Monsters. Maybe <laughs> because it was the shortest book. And I got through it really quickly. <laughs> and I was proud of myself. <laughs> Something like that. Guys, I'm a very slow reader, so... Are you alright today? That's because I like this book, because I was excited, right. so I read it really quickly. Fair. I mean, that's fair enough. So, okay, well, I mean, the last episode, full episode that we did, we literally had a 20-minute rant at the beginning of the episode before getting into anything. Well worth it, it's an entertaining rant. Yeah, and we only had two chapters to cover, so it, like, wasn't that big of a deal. We filled up the gap. Hope you guys really liked it. It was about, (laughs) you know, opinions on the TV show and, like, just... Oh, yeah. We were also ranting about Hades again, which Uh, I meant to tell you today. I meant to tell you today. You know how Pluto is not a planet anymore? Yes. They're considering upgrading another um, planet to our solar system, yeah. I think, or something's come in. I just read it somewhere briefly, so I don't know if it's true. Like, don't come and mm-hmm. come Sorry, at yeah, me, whatever. Sorry, gra- uh, the Roman version of Hades is Pluto, so excuse you. They're now, like, disqualified him from the solar system. Oh, yeah, no, but the new one that they're putting in, they're considering naming it Persephone. Are you serious? Yeah. That's amazing. But the thing that annoys me is that it won't match the rest of the planets because they're named after Roman gods and her Roman name is Kor or Cora Kor. Okay, Kor, so they Kor-ay. should call it Kor because that would make me feel better. <laughs> Either but way, yeah, just it'll like be offhand, I just read that somewhere and I thought that might make you feel a bit better. Either way, it'll be Persephone, so very happy about that. <laughs> I don't even know if this is true, I just read it somewhere. <laughs> I like the theory, we're going to keep it. Awesome, cool. Well, okay, let's jump straight into... Our chapter one recap for the Seed Monsters. Oh, yeah, can I read the recap? Okay. In, in chapter one, my best friend shops for a wedding dress. <laughs> we start off strongly as Percy has a vision of Grover running from a mysterious enemy and into a wedding boutique. The dream ends abruptly with a flash of lightning and the threat of the monster growing. Percy then wakes to notice an odd shadow at his window that disappears when his mother makes herself known. Then, after a rushed breakfast, <laughs> Percy heads on to his last day of school for the year. Good boy, Percy. Look at you going. No accidents, fights, monster attacks for a whole year. He didn't even get detention. Although, they describe his school. (laughs) I'm like, I I wish our school was like that because I hate being graded and I hate sitting for tests. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you want your last test for the year to just be go out into this yard and recreate what we were reading about. Yep, that would be so fun. The, the-, the theatrical part of me is like... It's true, you wouldn't have to study. Exactly. So easy. And you'd sit on beanbag chairs? Rich, there's beanbag chairs. <laughs> Do not let me sit in one of those. Be here for days. <laughs> <laughs> what a good fucking show. <laughs> uh, that's from Friends, guys. For you uneducated folks. 
anyway, uh, my first note was that we are at a fantastic starting point. Like, that first sentence is just, my nightmare started like this. Oh, what a good spot to start. I know, right? What did I note in here? In every, like, creative writing oh. course that I've ever done, they always say, start in your action. And, like, he's, I mean, he's writing for middle schoolers, so, like, this works. But yep. I'm like, yes, right in there. Straight into the juice. Yeah. It's kind of like Megamind. It starts with him <laughs> falling from My the favorite sky. movie. What are you talking about? <laughs> it starts with him falling from the sky going, well, I think I might die today. <laughs> like, what a great beginning. Oh, so good. Then you get a tragic backstory. There's always good beginnings. <laughs> okay, my little note here yeah. was um, when he woke up, he did the three-fingered claw mark. Yeah. And the shadow disappeared. And I was like, huh. The shadow disappeared before then, but also the shadow. Oh, was it before? Annabeth, I know so. the shadow is Annabeth, but like... Why would she just... Oh, fuck, put it all around. <laughs> I just mean in general, as um, superstition-wise, it's not for them. <laughs> no, because he does the he does the clawed hand after his mum's already in there, and Annabeth goes away when Sally appears. Right. <laughs> yes, she doesn't want to find them in a scandalous position. <laughs> Annabeth. <laughs> yeah, so Annabeth's just spying on him as he's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> but before we get into that, well, yeah, we'll let's get talk to about the, the dream minute. itself. Yeah. The thing that I don't like about this book, and I think Rick does it in Titan's Curse as well, he starts it off with a bloody recap, as if we didn't just read through the first book, and I realise some kids might have come to this one first, and so don't know what certain yeah. things are, and he says things like, a girl named Annabeth, and I just went, is she not your friend? Like, you can't say yeah. my friend, Annabeth. I know, that always showed me. He starts it like, the, like Percy's having a new conversation with someone. Like, um, real fans would follow the books, you know. Yeah, but it also just doesn't, I don't think it does make sense with the way that he's writing Percy as a narrator. Like, the way that he's writing this whole series is like Percy's written it all in one go, so mm. why would he differentiate between the different books, putting in quotation marks? Yeah. Like, he would just be going, and this was my next adventure, I'm not going to re-explain what the mist is and what this is and what Camp Half-Blood is. Yeah. Like, there's no he point He would just that. say it as an off-hand, like, be like, stupid mist, <laughs> stupid mortals! Yeah, or he just, he just wouldn't explain it, he'd just be like, he can't sit, like, or you just, I don't know, you'd maybe address it with, like, Oh yeah, they can't see through the mist. Not just like, oh, I don't know how he said like, it in the that mist next is chapter. Just magical veil. Yeah, he like... literally has to explain the whole thing, and I'm like, well, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Feel my milk, no. Anyway, now we got that out of the way. First take. Yeah, I wasn't really, didn't really know where I was going with that. So I just more or less pointed it out to myself. I was like. After a scary dream, he does it as, like, super, super, super warding off evil. It's a good callback to the first book, because yeah. we don't... We don't see him use it very much no. later. We don't he... see Grover use it very much. And you don't see them use any other, like, hand signs or those kind of ancient warding things, unless it's actually, like, satyrs. Mm. When they use... I mean, their pipe magic is kind of... Their read magic, I mean, is kind of the same. But, like, you don't see them, I don't know, using their hands to make magic. No. Which is kind of, I guess, what this could be perceived as. I don't know. <laughs> I, when I put a tag there, I had a point to make, and now I've forgotten what that point was. <laughs> oh, fair. Me with half my points. I make, like, commentary when I'm reading it. I'm like, I don't know where my brain was going with this. Before <laughs> Percy's so awake. Pauses in this. Before Percy's awake, let's explain a little of the dream that he's having. So... Apart from what I already went over in 
the our little recap, mm-hmm. we get Percy seeing Grover hauling his ass off the beach in Florida. Haul ass! Yeah, yep. off the beach in Florida. This doesn't make sense to me, knowing where we end up at the end of the book. Because mm-hmm. it's probably humans running after him. The Cyclops? Yeah. Yeah, they're so, to be on an island. Yeah, so it doesn't make sense to me. Does that mean that Grover went all the way to the island, saw Polyphemus, Polyphemus saw him, and Polyphemus has chased him all the way back to Florida? Well, remember because, his words? Well, because the 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 Sea of Monsters is supposed to be where yeah. the Bermuda Triangle is. That's kind of where it's supposed to be. Ish. I love that. And so, like, <laughs> That's it so just, funny. It kind of doesn't make sense. I no, don't really know. But Grover said the reason he was running, like, the words he said were, I have to find them now, which they were... He says, have to get away, have to warn them. Yes, have to get away, have to warn them, which means he went, he saw, what's his face? Polyphemus. Polyphemus with the Golden Fleece. Yeah. And obviously Polyphemus smelt him because he's blind. Um, and yeah. And followed him all the way back to try and stop Grover from warning anybody else so that he can keep getting free lunch. True, true. Like, it just, I don't know, it seems very out of character to me in that Polyphemus has come off this island why. and abandoned. Well, not abandoned, because he's got his raw flesh-eating sheep. Yeah, he's got his murderous, you know, her- murderous herd. Covering the fleece. But, I don't know, it just seems like it wouldn't happen to me. Polyphemus coming off his island and out of the Sea of Monsters. That does strange. And also, how the fuck did Grover get out of there? Like, it's a journey enough to get in there. Yeah. Teleportation. He's got some, like, underground tunnel. (laughs) And then the next thing that I was going to add, so... We know that Percy and Grover have an empathy link. When did Grover put this on him? From what we know at the end of the last book. he formed it when he was in the cave. But how do you do that when the person's not right there with you? He did it by a distance. I don't know. We need to know more about this. And, and I guess we'll thing, find out they... more about this when it comes into play. Yeah, I don't remember them ever explaining it. No. There's a lot of unanswered questions in this. And also, it's just like there forever for the rest of this series. And yeah. Percy's always in danger of dying, especially in the House of Hades. And if Percy dies, Grover dies. I thought it was the other way around. It if was... either of them dies, the other one dies <laughs> because of the link. Grover. <laughs> yeah. But then it's like, there's like this whole debate with when Percy lost his memory, did he also lose the empathy link? Well, that's the we thing. We don't really know. The fawn that kept on annoying Don. him. Don. was his name. Was sniffing at Percy when he first came and still hadn't got his memories back and said, yeah. hey, I can smell an empathy link on you. It's really faint and faded though, like it's losing its magic. Right. Or something along the lines of that. They said, he said that. AKA Grover <laughs> is dying. No. <laughs> and of course Percy was like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. About. He's like, I don't know what that is. I don't have empathy. See, but that's the thing. <laughs> that's not true at but like, all. Maybe it fades when you sort of lose that connection. By connection, I mean friendship. Because after this series, you barely hear anything from Grover. Okay. And As someone who's finished Trials of Apollo, their friendship's not dead. Not dead? No. Promise me? Promise. Okay. Grover's not a big player like he is in this series, which saddens me greatly. He should have been the satyr on the... The boat? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Argo 2? On the Argo 2. Yeah. Instead of Coach Edge. Like, that was an unnecessary character. Crazy. Same with Did Nelly and like. the coach's kid. Like, yeah, he was funny, but yeah. it should have been Grover. Should have, definitely. It would have added another, like, depth to that. 
like yeah. two people needing to find Percy more than anything else rather yeah. than just Annabeth and Annabeth having no one else know what she's going through really with having to find Percy because and we have that opinion because we don't have the Roman prequels to know about Jason and how he would feel about Raina going mm-hmm. back to find Raina mm-hmm. forever annoyed about that <laughs> Rick announced the other day that he's releasing a new book and he was like oh my god I never want it to be so soon after you know my Camp Half Blood Chronicles finished but you'll find out what it is soon enough and I'm like it's got nothing to do with that I understand it's probably going to be his new Celtic series that he's been researching for the last few years Right. I think that's what it's going to be about but I'm like what are the Celtic gods? we'll find out <laughs> whenever that series comes out I'm hoping well see this is the thing I really wanted them to have something to do with Celtic's Irish right? yes yeah. so did he go to Ireland? he is Irish did he go to Ireland? Probably. Has research, probably. Before COVID. Imagine <laughs> he gets stuck there. Well, I don't know where I was going. Oh, yeah, I wanted his new series to be, like, you know, adding more and more and more to his pantheon of gods. Like, I wanted it to be... Because in Charles of um, Apollo, in the last one, you hear mention of Chiron being away, talking to a floating head, which I think was from... Um, Magnus Chase. Yeah. And then... Norse. Another... Um, the Celtic gods are mentioned in um, Magnus Chase as well. Well, there you go. Because one of the warriors, she's from, like, Celtic religion. Gotcha. Because she was raised in Ireland. She was a warrior there, but she has... You know, she is, like, a Viking because her parent... She had a parent that was Norse. <laughs> right, okay. But Chiron was going away to meet someone who was representing the Magnus Chase Norse mythology yeah. and someone representing Egyptian Cain Chronicles mythology. And it was like, well, are you going to add someone who's Celtic to that? Are you going to add all of your people in your Rick Roden Presents? Which I probably can't because they're their own worlds and whatever. But it's like, in Charles of Apollo, he also mentions someone who's of like African mythology descent. His name's Jamie, and I wanted more information about him. I was really sad I didn't get any more, but... Anyway, he was described as wearing a loincloth and nothing else, so it was kind of like, oh, yikes. Anyway, but yeah, just um, mention, yeah, they did mention Celtic religion, um, in as like maybe really that, need to read those books as a sort of background lead up. I recommend they're good. Well, Cain's Chronicles is next on my list after I finish Chain of Gold, and then hoping to smash it out before Chain of Iron is released <laughs> because I really want to read that book because Chain of, Chain of Gold is really entertaining me, but. Once I finished Cain Chronicles and that, I need to read Midnight Sun because I'm a total twihard. <laughs> and then I was going to read Magnus Chase. So, yeah. And then after that was Court of Thorns and Roses because I've been seeing way too much on Pinterest and I need to know who the fuck these characters are and I need to know what this love triangle is. Yeah, anyway. So that's Kate's reading list if you <laughs> if you wanted Court to know. Court of Thorns and Roses, yeah, I've heard that on TikTok too. Yes. That's the one that I was telling you about where... Oh my god, we're going to a motel, there's only one bed and we hate each other. How are we going to sleep tonight? Yep. (laughs) Oh, we were talking about empathy links. Wow, that was a long trip. No, just all I'm thinking about is Court of Thorns and Roses. I think I put it in my list to buy books. Yeah, sorry, Um, because there's another one coming out. Also, apparently there's a TV show called Shadow and Bone coming out, and they've got Prince Caspian as the main character. Lee Bardugo, I really want to read his stuff because he's got two sets of novels in the Grishaverse, which is what Shadow and Bone is um, mm-hmm. based on. 
because that's the title of one of the books in those series. There's like a duology and then another series and they're all set in the same. And I'm like, I found them in um, Dimmicks the other day and I was like, oh, I'm going to buy them. I was like, oh, I'll find a cheaper price. Even though they were selling for box sets, but I was like, and I had a coupon, but I was focused on buying other books at the time. So. Yes, yes. You know how it is. You know how they feel. Anyway, so we get through the rest of the dream with Grover literally just going through a dead-end courtyard full of shops and then he backs into the St. Augustine Bridal Boutique and the monster's shadow passes in front of him and then he's like, oh, I'm in the clear and then we get the lightning and yeah. we get we leave it feeling really ominous because Polyphemus just yells, mine, like massive bellowed it out. And Rawr. yeah, so Percy wakes up going, oh my goodness, was this a vision or a dream? Because there is a difference, as we have learnt. Yeah. Uh, I also like that Rick's starting off this book with a dream sequence, which is what he's known for. <laughs> yeah. He's, oh, because what a good dream plot device. Because dreams are very important in the um, Percy Jackson universe. In Greek mythology, yes, I understand yeah. that they are very, very important, but it's still just, like, funny to note. <laughs> They're like, this is one of his main plot devices, and he's just keeping it going strong. He's just milking it for all it's worth. Yeah. The thing that I will note about this dream sequence is at least the themes of this one are not repeated throughout the entire book like they were with the last book with the two figures on the beach fighting. Because that was just over and over again. Like, we already know this. We've heard this. Mm -hmm. I realise that you're now changing them to two men or instead of, you know, or whatever. Yeah, like, we got it when it was a horse and an eagle. You Like, you didn't have to... Yeah. I mean, I understand <laughs> for the hundredth time that I've said this, I understand that these books are for middle schoolers and yeah. so not having, you know, maybe the capacity to put things together as quickly and they're not obviously assessing it like we are in yeah. this p position but it's still like mm. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah so yeah we wake up and I had a note that just said uh Annabeth's spying on him through the window lol just knock on his door girl you know who he is and he knows who you are he's not gonna be like confused to see you there he may do a Ron Weasley bloody hell <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> anyway, funny. So then we get Percy going to uh, school after he's, uh, you know, spoken to his mum, had a little I just breakfast. Had a quick tag here where it was like when he was talking to his mum, his mum was like, "I'll take you to that skateboard shop." You like, <laughs> Percy's a skater boy. <laughs> I love skater Percy. I know, right? Fantastic, as Absolutely. well as basketball Percy. Yeah, basketball skater boy swim team Percy. Woo! <laughs> We also uh, find out in this bit that Percy is in 7th grade. Yeah. Because he's about to, oh, well, thinks he's about to pass 7th grade. And I just wrote a note that said, Poor baby. in Australia, he'd already be in high school at this point. Yeah. That would change the tone so entirely for this book if this was written in Australia for Australians. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, we don't have middle school. We only have yeah. primary school, high school. And we even though the younger, we got kindy. Even though the younger grades in high school are, you know, the younger grades, it's still you're writing high school, so you're thinking high school. Yeah. So it would just be like a totally different vibe. Yeah, I mean, and on top of that, when you have high school, you also have your brain associating the fact that you're, you know, surrounded by older kids as well. Oh yeah, and that older mindset, and like, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and especially know. Percy being at this point, he's not even the oldest in middle school because you've still got. 8th graders in middle school because high schools in America is 9 to 12 okay so he's not even yet like the senior of being yeah, looked I up to get, I always get confused about high school because they don't say grade 9 10, 11 and 12 they say sophomore and fresh 
Freshman. Freshman. I was like, fresh year. That's not right. My brain had a malfunction. What are the other ones? <laughs> junior and senior. <laughs> the two easier ones. See, but I don't like the fact that it's junior and senior. Wouldn't, wouldn't grade nine be a junior because it's the youngest? In the high school, a junior, and then you're a... Yeah, but if you're a freshman, oh, you're true, fresh. Ah! I don't like it. <laughs> Just Australians being confused by American school Also, systems. sophomore. What the hell does that mean? Did you just say sophomore? Yeah, why? What's it supposed to be? Sophomore. Okay, what does sophomore mean? There's no mean? T <laughs> Oh, well, every time I hear it, it sounds like sophomore to me. Sophomore just means, like, second. So if you're hearing about... So if someone was publishing their second novel it'd be their sophomore debut coming out with their second novel so it's your second year of high school so you're a sophomore okay yeah that would make more sense if i'd ever heard anybody else use that terminology for anything other than high school it's fair like i've only i've only ever heard sophomore being used in a high school reference i've never heard it being used for movies books music nothing like that you've never heard it like for like a sophomore album nope oh okay yeah. <laughs> well, that'd be weird if he called it, like, a freshman album. Oh, my God. <laughs> he pieces the shit out of me, and I'm like, righto. Yeah, he'd be like, yeah, I'm so excited to be a junior. I'm like, why? That's a grade nine <laughs> That's, like, my bra- what my brain thinks. I've never heard a more Australian term. Grade nine means <laughs> I call them eshes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but see, and I'm taught... Oh, see, and now I'm just thinking of, like, teenage movies and books. That's really grossing me out now. with like the half year thing that could mean that you're like instead of an 18 year old and a 14 year old it's a 15 year old and a 17 year old and you could still be freshman and but it's still weird the titles are just weird for me if you're in high school you should not be dating anyone a year older or a year younger than you or anything more than that because in high school the difference between those years in maturity is astronomical the development of people's brains oh 100% oh my god it's not until you hit like I mean, but we have friends who date, who are like, you know, late teens who date your early 20s. And that makes me uncomfortable. I don't like that at all. But like, I think maybe once you pass the 22-ish mark, you can date people who are older than you. That's just what I think. That's when I think you're mature enough for that. My brain goes 20. That's fine. Um, really? Yeah, when you're 20, you can date anyone your age or older. Feel free. I think it Unless yeah. it's like a 79-year-old. <laughs> and then I'm like, mm, sugar daddy. <laughs> I guess it depends on the person. Sugar great granddaddy. I guess it depends on the person. For me, definitely, I'm like, mm, no, I gotta be older than that, sorry. Yeah, and no. looking at, like, me being how old I am, I would not date someone your age. I'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you are a child. child. <laughs> oh my god. Like, regarding gum on your shoe. Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Alright, so, we get to Percy, you know, telling his mum about his dream while he's eating breakfast because she sort of notices that he's not having a great time. And <laughs> he's not vibing with the oh, Oreo. Oh, no, he's not Cereal. vibing. So then he's talking about wanting to go back to camp and how he's excited, and then his mum just, like, is like pulls a fast one on him. Sorry, babe, probably not going back there this year. And he's like, oh, what? He's like, I've been looking forward to this. And I just wrote a note that said, I can't wait to hack things up with a sword. The way that that she's talking about how it's probably not safe to go back right now and all of this. This is being the second book really reads like 
Dobby warning Harry not to go back to Hogwarts in his second year. Mm. Like, the similarity here, I was like, <gasps> astounding. Mm. I, was, I literally, like, hit me in the face, and I was like, oh, God, why? why? But also, why would you not explain yourself? Yeah, wouldn't you have learned by now? You should You should have, Sally. <laughs> or it's possible that Sally just doesn't know anything. Just in general, you'd be like, there's trouble at... Stop being so vague. Like, kids build it up in their... Everyone builds it up in their head what could be wrong. And it's yeah. better to prepare them instead of pushing them in the dark. Trying to protect them. No! Yeah. You want to protect me? Prepare me. <laughs> Stupids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Oh, uh, 100%. God. We're on the same page. Adults piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> so much. I really don't think you're old enough to hear this. I will punch you in the face! Tell me what it is! <laughs> We've just watched <laughs> the new Winx saga on, oh on Netflix. I hated one, it. one of the characters, Tara, her dad works at the school and his firm belief is, I'm not going to tell my daughter anything. And she's like, fucking tell me shit. Seriously, she's the only good part of the whole show. Oh, the rest of that show. If you liked Winx as a kid, don't watch the Netflix show. It's like, shit. Absolutely. It is shit. such shit. Don't watch it. Yeah, Tara is the only one who's anywhere close she's to She's the only redeemable good. character. She's like, uh, fuck all of you. She's going to have many sense. She, like, sure, she's got a bit of social anxiety, but she's cool ass. Who <laughs> <laughs> um, doesn't? <laughs> so then Percy, you know, leaves the house, reluctantly tells his mum goodbye, and then jogs downstairs to catch the number two train. And as he's leaving, he thinks for another second that he sees a dark shape in the morning sunlight, a human silhouette against the brick wall, a shadow belonging to no one, but then it rippled and vanished. Annabeth, just go talk to him! Yeah, he's, he's alone! Like, he's catching the bus, dude! Or the train. The train. <laughs> he's going on public transport. That's but, like, literally, when she finds him at Merriweather Prep, she goes, I just needed a minute alone to talk to you. Um, this was your chance right here. You could have, like, waited outside his house. Like, and been like, hey, right at his doorstep. Scared the shit out of him, sure. Made him fall down the stairs. But, like, you still could have done it here. Seriously. Like, it would have been fine. Like, you scared the shit out of him in the auditorium. You may as well have just done it. <laughs> Oh, that's like that meme. I think, I've already, I think I've already said this on the pod, but that meme of Dwight and then Angela oh, coming up beside him oh, and him just going, oh shit! <laughs> Not knowing that she's there. Oh, I fucking love that show. It's fantastic. Anyway, so that's, well, I mean, that's the end of chapter one. Wait, did I have any more time? Okay, yeah, yeah. Do you have any more? Sorry. No, I did not. Me moving <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, so that's the end of chapter one. What do we do we have anything interesting to say? We want to get straight into chapter two. Um, that Annabeth needs to really figure out a better strategy. <laughs> Child of Athena, who? <laughs> yes, <yeah>. Not Annabeth. That's <laughs> like, ah, oh, just common sense, kid. Just yeah. the logic of it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, maybe if she thought Sally was going to see her from a window, yeah. But like, even it's going to take him a bit to walk to the train station. So like, just follow can... him and like tap him on the shoulder and like. Pull him into an alleyway. Pull him into an alleyway. See what happens. (laughs) Yeah, I heard where I was going with that out my mouth, and I went, "Mm, "But she could have. She could have gone on the train. Like she she wasn't going to stop him. She should have just gone on the train with him. Like been like, hey, it's me.' And he would be like, "Holy fuck!" And be like, like, "Let's." (laughs) She would have been like, "Let's keep going and keep walking and like we can walk and talk at the same time." (laughs) Whoa, she can multitask. That's crazy. Just some logic in there, please. Yeah, it doesn't... Yeah, I don't... I don't <laughs> she's not using her big brain right now. No. 
Okay. Well, let's get into chapter two where she starts using her big brain a little bit, but Thank also you. her prejudiced big brain. So, in chapter two, I play dodgeball with cannibals. We meet Percy's only friend at Merryweather Prep, an unfortunate homeless boy named Tyson. Sweet little boy. Sweet little Percy. Emphasis on the little. We also meet Percy and Tyson's bully, Matt Sloan, who promises that they'll meet their end at that afternoon's dodgeball game. At the game, Percy and Tyson fight off Sloan and his huge friends, who turn out to be cannibalistic giants, narrowly escaping before becoming the giant's dinner. With the help of Annabeth, who is the shadow that Percy has been seeing all day, the three escape the school before they become the scapegoats of the mess left behind. So, Percy's going to become a fugitive again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was my... I was going to try and add that into that recap I was going to be trying like before they become the next headline or like whatever but it just didn't roll off the tongue the right way you know so much you know claim with the media (laughs) so good anyway so my first note that I wrote for this chapter is when uh Rick's describing Matt Sloan and he says he wasn't big or strong but he acted like he was and then oh oh my god wait typo where okay in mine it says, Sloane wasn't big or strong, but he acted like was he. No, I've got he was. Oh, mine's was he. Wow. Picking wow. up typos left and right. Anyway. Wow. Yeah, Rick. Like a- <laughs> wow. Rick's editors. Wow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Who didn't pick up on that? He had eyes like a pit bull and shaggy black hair, and he always dressed in expensive but sloppy clothes, like he wanted everyone to see how little he cared about his family's money. Oh. Kick <sighs> Why are we demonizing pit bulls? True that. Pipples are, like, so cute. Pipples are adorable. I don't like that everyone makes them out to be, like, this really bad breed. Yeah, pipples and staffies. And they're supposed to be, like, a really nurturing breed, and then everyone just, like, turned them into, like... Look, any kind of dog can be nurturing and kind if you raise it the right way. Yeah. That's, like, claiming... Yeah. It's like humans. It's like fucking anything. If you train it and, and raise it to be a particular way, it will grow up to be that way. Also, pit bulls are usually demonized because what usually happens is people don't like how they look, and because they look aggressive, they act aggressively towards pit bulls. And what do dogs do when you act aggressively towards them? They defend themselves. Or they defend. No, but I just love pit bulls because they're like the kings of the side eye. So, like, when you see a pit bull, they're, like, and they're looking at you, they'll do it from the side first, like, <laughs> and they go, oh, you're looking at me, and then they turn to you and go, <laughs> yeah, I just love stags, because they have love heart heads, and it's just really cute. <laughs> got a big head, little arms, <laughs> like, you're that big head and, like, stubby legs, it's like, I can just hug you all the time. I mean, I realize that pit bulls are built, like, brick shit houses, because they're, like, all muscle, but they're not, like... Cane Corso all muscle. What are Cane Corso? Oh, Cane Corsos are like, they look kind of like a pit bull, but if a pit bull was on like the rock steroids. Steroids, yeah. So they're like massive. But again, those dogs, what'd you call them again? Cane Corsos. Cane Corsos are also not very aggressive. Like they'll only be aggressive if you train them to be that way. Cane Corsos are like bear sized. Yeah, they're beautiful. I'd love one to just come and sit in my lap so I can hug it. (laughs) It's bigger than me! Yeah, well, that's like people are afraid of Dobermans, and it's like, have you seen like an actual Doberman? Yeah, they've got floppy ears. They're cute. Yeah, be like before you cut its tail off and cut its ears off. Like Kendall Jenner looking at you, bitch. Oh, fucking stop doing that! Like it's better for it. It's it's not. Would you like me to cut your ears off? It's not better for me. It's a stylistic choice. I know, but that people have argued cut. 
Like, there's nothing aerodynamic about it. No, people say cutting off the dog's tails. They're like, their tails are a danger hazard. No, it's a tail. Your face is a danger hazard. Be like, your attitude is a danger hazard. Cut your fucking fingers off. Oh, animal cruelty. Don't. I will kick you in the face if you're cruel to an animal. You... Hey, Amber, you and I both know your legs are not long enough for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's for half a metal bogan. Yeah. Oh my god, a top tier Australian TV show. Oh, so good. If you guys ever have um, our channel, Upper Middle Bogan Australian TV show. Oh, it's on Netflix here. Yeah, I, I don't know. know if it's on Netflix anywhere else though. I don't think it would be. So oh, people would Beach have to, is a good show. People would actually have to like look it up. If you just want to learn about Australian culture, if that's oh, like a good place to that start. That is such a good place. It's a good place to start to see the difference between your yuppies and your bogans. Oh, so good. Oh, such <laughs> a good show. Oh. <laughs> It's like our favourite thing. Uh, seriously, Upper Middle Bogan. Go and have a look and see what it is. Okay, so I know that that's becoming my saying. Okay, so let's move on. Yeah, well, you kind of have to because otherwise we'll just get stuck. We get a little insight into Tyson. And I just wrote a note here that said, even Percy is being fooled by the mist and Tyson's appearance. And I'm like, it's fine at this point. But when it gets to seeing that Tyson can see the Lastrigonians through the mist... And Annabeth can see, obviously, has something against Tyson, and the Grey Sisters have something against Tyson. Wouldn't you, as a person, go? I mean, he's still defending Tyson, whatever. But wouldn't you just take a closer look? Because even he says himself, "I've never been brave, brave enough to look higher than his like teeth." So like, he hasn't really. Which what he describes as teeth, I'm like, ew, I don't want to look at. Joe, the kid's homeless. I know. Beat up by Sphinx. <laughs> Dental hygiene. <laughs> he doesn't brush his teeth. He eats peanut butter sandwiches every day. Brush your teeth. <laughs> but then we get into uh, Can I so what he looks like. He's six foot three, and he's built like the abominable snowman. But he <laughs> cries a lot and is scared of just about everything, including his own reflection. That makes me <laughs> so sad because of what we know, and he's just no, no, ashamed no, no, of who no. he is. <laughs> So then Percy describes where he lives in a cardboard refrigerator off 72nd Street. And I wrote a note that says, wouldn't Sally have done something if she knew where Tyson was living? And then I went, oh, wait, if she met him, she could probably tell what he is and maybe she has the same prejudices. This is before I read over to the next page where Sally did try to, you know, call social services, whatever, and they couldn't find him. Mm -hmm. But, like, Sally's, she doesn't live with Gabe anymore and they got a new apartment, didn't they? Yeah. Surely she could, like, offer the kid the couch for the night or maybe she's like still can see that, well yeah but like maybe she can see that he's a cyclops and wouldn't want to risk it but that doesn't sound like Sally if Percy's made friends with him you know mm. I don't know something about it just didn't sit right with me no the like Sally's tried to do enough but then wouldn't you think Sally hearing over the phone or whatever talking to a social services person with them being like look we couldn't find what you were talking about wouldn't you think that she would take it into her own hands but we don't see her do that True, that does make me question her character a bit more. Like, you always see, you know, Sally as, like, a hero and a queen. Which she she is. I mean, maybe she's yes. been a little bit cautious at the very beginning yeah, of this series. Because, because she's, she's a baby cyclops, and she's like, maybe he'll develop a conscience against... I'm thinking more, maybe she's being a bit cautious about losing Percy at this point. And she's always cautious about that until, oh, yeah. like, he gets older and he's making some decisions, whatever. But at this point, he's all that she has. Like, she doesn't have Paul yet, so... If she loses Percy, oh, she's got nothing, and then her whole life's, you know... Purpose. 
not purpose, but like all the decisions she's made to like protect him and whatever throughout her whole life would be like a uh, moot point if he's dead. Yeah, a bit of a bummer. Because maybe that's why she hasn't done anything about anything more about Tyson than what she feels is like maybe, you know, enough. Yeah, yeah. She hasn't gone full blindside and let the kid into her house. No, <laughs> poor Tyson. Uh, yeah, no. I just wrote down here that um, once again Percy is. Uh, the saviour for the misfortunate. <laughs> so, and he's like, me being friends with Tyson, which means, like, I'm Tyson's only friend, which means Tyson is my only friend as well. <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Being a cute The thing guy. about that is, like, yes, it's cute in the moment until he gets to Camp Half-Blood and then he starts resenting Tyson yeah. for it. That's what I don't, that's what doesn't make any sense to me. True that. Because once he learns but what Tyson is, he takes on a little bit of the prejudice and gets annoyed that people know that he's related to him and I'm like where's your kindness from being his friend for the past year where's all of that gone just because you're suddenly related to him that's not a good enough like you shouldn't have any prejudices against Cyclops just because Annabeth does when Annabeth hasn't explained them yet like it shouldn't make a difference to Percy at that point other I mean like I get he's self-conscious about the stairs and whatever but see wouldn't I, he as a person have gotten over that by that point I don't after remember a year that. I mean I remember him being a little bit annoyed with Tyson but I thought that was because Tyson contacted and had more contact with Poseidon than he did. No, he like gets resentful because everyone at Camp Half-Blood starts I mean, we'll get into it when they get back to camp, but okay. everyone at camp starts like, you know whispering in the corners the same way that they did when he had the Minotaur horn, but like more malicious a little bit mm. this time because Tyson's a monster, or classified as one. <laughs> sad face. Mm. Big sad face for the kid. Anyway, so uh, Sloane starts teasing them about the dodgeball game and like how they're getting into it, and then they yeah. get into... Oh, Mrs. They, Tesla's sorry, before chemistry they, class. Yeah. Before they do anything about <laughs> Percy has uh, something. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. They're in the oh. chemistry class. Oh, so they're in chemistry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, continue. <laughs> so they've got into the chemistry class and Percy opens his notebook and he's got a picture of Annabeth. <laughs> oh my god. And I've seen so many things about this particular like mention in the book and it's like so cute where it's like, Annabeth, she lines up in front of the, um, was it Washington Monument or whatever? And she, you know, gets her dad to take a photo of her and then she's, you know, printing it out and, you know, or like she's scanning it, she's getting it sent to Percy and here's Percy, you know, seeing this photo of his best friend and he prints it out and he puts it in his notebook. Oh, it's just so cute! (laughs) But Annabeth also having the guts to email that photo. I know! (laughs) But then he takes it out and he's like, I just have to keep looking at it to remind me that she's real. Yeah. Because <laughs> she's so pretty, she can't possibly be a real Percy. Yeah, is that what we're really talking about? <laughs> Baby unicorn you. But if she wasn't real, that means your whole last summer was a hallucination. Yeah, which honestly... <laughs> I hope that really works. He'd probably be like, I wouldn't put it past it to be a hallucination. He's probably here like, yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> but then we get down to the end of that uh, bit where he's... Uh, describing the photo. Well, we get down to the end of that where he's describing the photo and he says, I wished Annabeth were here. She'd know what to make of my dream. I'd never admit it to her, but she was smarter than me, even if she was annoying sometimes. Why wouldn't you admit it to her? Exactly. She probably already knows, but like... I'm pretty sure he he did admit it to her. Even though though he says she can be annoying at times, surely she would only lord it over him for like a little bit. Like, oh, I can't believe you admitted it. But then she'd like, let it go. And then we'd be like, oh, thank you for the compliment. Wouldn't you think? Or is yeah. Annabeth not at that point in her character? I'm not sure if Annabeth's at that point yet, but... <laughs> is she ever really... <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know. No, she flaunts at how smart she is all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know, and Percy's just there like, oh my god, you're so smart. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's 
especially in it's like he's trying he's like, oh my god I love you so it's much like, yeah no it's him trying to convince his own brain in his own internal monologue that's why I won't do it <laughs> I just okay the comparison that I just made in my head Percy all the time is Hermione in the Deathly Hallows part 2 movie where Ron is yeah, being all smart it's brilliant yeah so Percy is Hermione going brilliant. <laughs> Just totally astounded every time. <laughs> Total role reversal. I fucking love it. Yeah. Always a tone of surprise. Yeah. So, they get changed whatever they're going out to PE. Well, we call it PE. They call it what? Gym. Gym. Thank you. <laughs> they're going out to gym and Incredible. they go out and they're playing sport. They're picking teams and whatever after Percy's had to stand guard before Tyson get changed because oh, he knows he's going to get bullied. Cute. Just his little Percy's explanations of his reactions to when he gets bullied is like this poor boy is so like destructive and obviously doesn't know how to deal with it and he's so strong and so much bigger than everyone else that he just doesn't know how to deal with mm-hmm. his frustration and like getting his anger out but it's just like sad. Yeah. So they get out to the dodgeball court and Tyson mumbles that something smells funny. Percy should be way more alert about this. Seriously. Like way more. How many times in the last book did we hear Grover say that? Oh, I'm just sitting there like Percy should be way more wary and trusting of these things, especially if that's supposed to be his fatal flaw, is being loyal and being like, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Which, yeah, in this book, that's another. So that's twice now we've seen Percy not carry out his fatal flaw. So in the first book, he ran from Grover, like left him at the train stop because he was like, Grover was freaking me out, so I ditched him. And yeah, now when Tyson gets outed as Poseidon's kid at camp, he's not loyal to him. Yeah. I mean, he is kind of still loyal to him because he's uh, still he's like... He's a dick about it. Yeah, he's a dick about it. I mean, but he's 12. Or 13 at this point. 12? 12 and a half. 12, yeah. 12 and three quarters! 12 and three quarters! But then, okay, we get onto the court and we... All of Sloane's friends turn into their real selves, and they call, start calling Percy Perseus, and that's when Percy goes, oh, fuck, bad guys alert. And then uh, <laughs> we find out that they're Lastragonians. Enemies. <laughs> we find out that they're Lastragonians. Joke, do we want to learn some things about Lastragonians? Yes, we do. So, Lastragonians, we're finally getting into... <laughs> we know that all of these books uh, talk about... sort of follow the journey of a different hero from the past. Yep. This book, obviously, is Odysseus, because we're taking his... Well, we're recreating the Odyssey throughout the Sea of Monsters, whatever. Mm-hmm. So the last Dragonians are part of the Odyssey and Odysseus's story. But before we get into that, the last Dragonians themselves are derived from the very first one, whose name was uh, Lastragon. He was a son of Poseidon and Gaia. The name means rawhide, skin reaper, and to gather, as in like to gather, to like eat. Mm-hmm. They were said to have sprung from Lastragon in his death, and Lastragon had a son whose name was Antiphates, and he became the king of the Lastragonians. So when Odysseus uh, sailed to their island after leaving uh, Aeolus, his crew landed on the coast of the Lastragonians in the far north. Uh, it's a place where the sun rises shortly after it has set. So, like, really, really far north. Yeah. Odysseus so sent like three men out nights. to explore the coast. So, Odysseus kept his boat out sort of a little bit and let all the other coasts go into the... All, all the other coasts, all the other ships go into the harbour. So, his was the only one not in the harbour. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, the three men 
set out to explore the coast. They got off the boats onto land and whatever, and they followed a road and eventually met a young woman who said she was the daughter of Antipodes, uh, the king, and directed them to his house. But when they got there, they found a gigantic woman, the wife of Antipodes, and she called her husband, who immediately left, immediately left the assembly of people, and upon arrival, snatched up one of the men and started to eat him. And so this is when the other two were like, oh, fuck, he's huge, and he's eating people. Probably not the best place to spend the night. No, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> so the other two men ran away, but Antipodes raised a human cry, and they were pursued by thousands of Lastragonians, who were more like giants than men. The Lastrigonians then attacked Odysseus' ships with boulders, speared the men like fish, and they sunk all the ships except Odysseus's because his was out of the harbour. So all the men that could escape escaped on Odysseus's one vessel, and then they left there to go, or they left the Lastrigonian island to then get to Circe. That's where they went yeah. next. So the difference between uh, Lastrigonians and the giants that we already know, which are the giants that we see in Heroes of Olympus is yeah. the giants in Heroes of Olympus, which are just the giants. Uh, those had the upper body of like a you know a man, but like massive sized, and then they have two man legs, but they're made of like a serpentine look, like scales and whatever, just yeah. not like a tail. And so the Lastrigonians, snake feet. The Lastrigonians yeah. were similar; they were just weren't part snake, and yeah. so. They just seemed like monstrous men's bodies, and, and they were cannibalistic the, and eating people. You said the Lastrigonians were made from Gaia and Poseidon, whereas the giants were made from the Titans, right? No. No. No, they were made from Tartarus. And Gaia. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so not Poseidon. That's yeah. also what makes them different. Yeah. Well, they're not made, but they're, like, descended from Poseidon, the Lastrigonians. Right. Lastragon was the son of Poseidon. Right. And then the Lastragonians were sprung from Lastragon. Right, okay. Yeah. So the differences between this story and our Sea of Monsters book is that there's no reference that I could find in history about them with fireballs. Right. I mean, they throw boulders at Odysseus' ships, but they're not on fire. Yeah. They're just hurling bowling balls at them, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, no big deal. <laughs> like, it ain't no thing. Yeah, and I couldn't find any reference to the actual ones that they that Rick has referenced in here, like Joe Bob. That was never going to be in history, and neither was Baby well, Cakes. It may have. <laughs> well, I couldn't find any, but <laughs> things like Marrow Sucker and Head Crusher or some Skull Crusher, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> it just reminds me of Skull Crushers, you know, from How to Train yeah. Dragon. <laughs> I know, as soon as I said it, I was like, that's not right. But, like, yeah, those names don't have anything. They're just names that Rick's gone. Yep, that'll be be right. We'll put that in there. Yeah. And so then we get them throwing uh, cannonballs, whatever, and then Tyson manages to beat them down. Uh, I did write a note here. You know when Percy doesn't have Riptide? Yeah. I know that it's not exactly Ares' curse, because Ares is when you raise your sword in battle, it won't work. But is this kind of similar? Like, when you need it, it's not there? Don't know. Or are the Lastrigonians just taking advantage, do you think? I think they're Even just though they wouldn't know that his sword's not with him. I think they're just they convenience for them. But I thought maybe like, oh, this could be a I don't know. I don't think so. Because I'm trying to think of other times when it you know, the only time that I can think of is the one that you brought up the other episode where when they're he in his sword. Yeah. Out of shock from Tartarus. Yeah. But I can't think of when he when he actually raises his sword and it doesn't work because it's a sword, because it's gonna work. <laughs> so like I just had, like, a little note about that. 
But then we get, um, yeah, Tyson being an absolute boss, and then Percy using his big brain and getting him to aim at the locker room door so that he can get in to get Riptide. But then yeah. he doesn't even need it because Annabelle comes in and is like, shh, 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 <laughs> and kills them all. And so she's like, yeah. like, it's okay, I'm here. <laughs> and yeah, I did write a note that says, yes, Annabeth saving the day and punching Sloan. What a boss. Fuck yes. I was so happy about that. I even made a note. I was like, Elizabeth! <laughs> and then her being embarrassed about the bedroom thing. And Percy's like, you were spying on me! And she's like, shut up! We'll talk about it later! <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Because she gets said she was, like, blushing furiously. And I was like, ooh! <laughs> I also just Did love- she watch him change, though, from his jammies to his <laughs> God, I don't want to think about it. They're 12 at this point, Joe. But I do love that before Annabeth punches Matt, he's just standing there going, that's, I mean, that's, that's the girl. That, that's the girl. <laughs> like, getting towards, oh my God, that's Percy's girlfriend. <laughs> and then she's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> but yeah, and then, so that's, I mean, and then they, obviously, she and Percy and Tyson scoot out of there. Skedaddle. Yeah. Alright, yeah, and then, then that's, yeah, because, yeah, this is when Percy's about to come, become a fugitive again. They're like, you blew up the school! He's like, I did The didn't. gymnasium, but still. He's like, I did it, I promise. Don't make me a fugitive, I can't do it again. So, like, any other no, chapter that's... No, I won't that's... go back, I won't go back to that hell <laughs> Like, any other chapter that's very, uh battle heavy yeah. not a lot to say apart yeah. from like oh my god yeah great battle scene <laughs> so there's not like much to pick part about it no not really. I don't know except that the last Dragonian seemed very easy to defeat except we'll the knife ran all the way through yeah how long is Abbott's dagger or did she stick her hand inside of <laughs> she let the knife part away for her and then get it all <laughs> Like, guts on your hand. Gross thought. No, because yeah, the dagger, if it's a giant, the dagger's not going to go all the way through it. Exactly. So that's she's going to have to stick a hand in there. It's in the bone. It's from Ace Ventura. Oh, um, the second one, the good one. Yeah, the, the actual funny one. Because the first one's got some questionable content. It looks questionable to me. Anyway. But yeah, I just. Because, uh, yeah, when he was like, yeah, I saw this little point sticking out from the middle of his belly, I was like, so Annabeth is standing in front of him, and she's just, like, stabbed his gut, and it's like, you can see the knife. <laughs> but yeah, no, and then it was like, the monster exploded, and when Annabeth's staying behind it, I was like, how fucking long is her dagger? That's what my brain it's was It's not doing. a dagger anymore, it's a sword. <laughs> I was like, my god, alright. I also love that Dagger's here. You know, point range weapon, and it's like, well, how's anyone going to get point range? Well, Annabeth is because you can't fucking see her. Yeah, she does a dog move and stabs people from behind. <laughs> <laughs> she could have made that. She could have really ended that whole battle real quickly. She could have. She chose to wait till the last and bloody she minute. Could have just yeah. She could have been in the back of but probably waiting to see if Percy was going to do anything. Yeah, like she was like, boy, this is like your fight. You're gonna. Am I going to have to step in? Here? She's like, did he remember his training? A real Chiron <laughs> moment right there. It's just his training. <laughs> I also love that um, the Lastrigonians are described to have their little tattoos on them, like your your love heart tattoos. I just really want one of them to say mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, they've just been, you know, either that or they've been really, because they're supposed to be playing as middle schoolers, yeah. they've been really hitting up the temporary tattoo station. <laughs> 
<laughs> because like the ones they describe are definitely your I mean, like Dora the, the ones. Explorer kind of stuff. Oh my god! If one had a Dora the Explorer tattoo, that would be top tier. <laughs> Absolutely top tier joke. Maybe One Direction. What time? What time of the year are we talking? This is. Oh my god. Or Justin Bieber. Peak One Direction. Like your your. Oh, Hannah Montana. Your fan merch One Direction. Yeah. Where they used all of the same images is yeah. your 2010, 2011. Oh, this is too early. Yeah, this is 2006. It's not enough, Joe. Okay. Well, what about Disney Channel? <laughs> You're watching Disney Channel. <laughs> For those at home, Kate just mimed the Mickey Mouse ears with the wand. Because, <laughs> anyway. you know, we all wanted to do that. Yeah, big time. <laughs> all right. Chapter three. Moving on to chapter three. Yeah. All right. In chapter three, we hail the taxi of eternal torment. Percy and Annabeth have no time to catch up to their catch up as friends, as we see Annabeth have no time for Tyson. What a bitch. Which pisses Percy off entirely. Annabeth tells of the peril that the camp is in before summoning a taxi ride to Camp Half-Blood. The three climb in, only to be met with the three Grey sisters, who share only a single eye and single tooth between them. Between their bickering and reckless driving, Percy manages to get a single piece of cryptic information out of them before they're screeching to a halt at the borders of camp and tossing the three slightly carsick teens onto the edge of camp and disappearing from sight. Yes. This chapter is very quick. Very, like, very quick. very quick. It's like five pages. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, let's get right into it then. Um, my first note for this was, oh, Percy missed her. <laughs> <laughs> um, my first note on here was about Tyson and Annabeth. Right. Right. And so, it's just the whole Annabeth's really hostile towards Tyson. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, um, what does he have to do? What What does that have to do with anything? He can hear you, know. Why aren't you asking? She looks surprised. He can talk. I talk. That's in a minute. You are pretty. Ah, oh, gross. Annabeth stepped away from him. I was like, Annabeth, you're being a bitch. But then a little further. I did down, note that we had a pretty counter. I was like, it's not coming from Percy, but it's still someone calling Annabeth pretty. Yeah. He was like, you are pretty. And then a little bit later, like just a little bit further down the page, it was like, Tyson seemed to be fascinated by Annabeth's blonde hair. <laughs> he tried to touch it, but she smacked his hand away. And I was like, wow, real Poseidon. <laughs> Do you know what my visual was when I read that bit of the scene? You know, in Zootopia. Yeah. When Nick and Judy go to the mayor's office and um, Bellwether or Merriweather, whatever her name is, yeah. the sheep secretary is looking on the computer and Nick just plays with the ball of um, hair on the top of the wall on top yeah. of her head and goes, it's so soft. <laughs> she never let me close this close to their wall. Uh, anyway, but I just thought that was so cute. That's all I could think of, just like the little like reaching out, like, ooh, I'm going to touch him. But I was just imagining the scene in my head and it's like, Annabeth and Percy being super serious in a conversation and here's Tyson behind them, like hypnotised by her princess <laughs> girls. By her princess girls and being like, what am I thinking of that's also like someone's got something in their hand that's like a maybe like a cookie or something and they're talking to someone and then another character's there just watching the cookie in their hand. <laughs> I know what you mean. It's in my head. Oh. Why am I thinking? Yes, Joe? someone. You can have a something. Joey Triviani Toberone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's 
that's what it is. Okay, so it's not them waving it in the air, but when Emily comes back in Friends, when Emily comes back from London to tell mm-hmm. Ross that she also loves him, mm-hmm. she brings a giant Toblerone from the airport, <laughs> and Joey's just mesmerized by it. And so while she's on the phone talking to Ross, she's you know, he's trying to distract her to ask if he can have the dopamine. She goes, yes, Joey, you can have all the chocolate you want. Just, 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 just shut up. Just take it. <laughs> that is what I was thinking. Uh, of. Yes, like, thank you. What a mood. <laughs> like, yes. Oh, so bloody good. Anyway, I so, it was very cute. Very <laughs> like, cute for Tyson. Like, yeah, very cute for but also very cute for Percy just before that saying. Um, under different circumstances, I would have been really happy to see her. I'd missed Annabeth probably more than I wanted to admit. I'm like, Aww. okay, we know you love her. Your heart fluttered. <laughs> yeah, especially because when they're on this, when they get onto their quest, and it's those two and Tyson, and then Tyson disappears. It's just those two. I know, right? <laughs> it's just those two. They're on a quest together to save their best moments. friend and Percy's brother. They have some real intimate. Oh, at the bottom of the ocean, where oh, Percy yeah. does barracuda to scram. We're oh, going to get to that shit. Excuse me, when they're on Cersei's Island. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Oh, she looked really... Percy made a really good guinea pig, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it when she's like, are you okay? And he's like, oh my gosh, she's so pretty. I can't fucking speak. <laughs> anyway, then a little further down, I absolutely cackled when uh, Percy was like, what are those freaking monsters that were chasing us? And Adam was like, Lastrogens or whatever. Lastrogonians. Lastrogonians. And Percy's like, Lastro... What? I can't say that in English. He was like, we... He was like, I can't even say that. What would you call them in English? She thought for a moment. Canadians. She decided. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't understand why Americans hate Canadians so much. Is it, like, the same way that we... I mean, we don't hate Kiwis, though. No. Kiwis are our brethren from across the ocean. Kiwis are cool. Yeah, we're they cooler, are. but we're, they're still cool. They're re- actually, they're a lot... I don't understand the hate for Canadians, though. I could understand the Canadians hate for Americans, but yeah. I don't understand it the other way around. You've got free healthcare. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I just have to recount that Kiwis are cooler than us at the moment, because... Oh, they're so much cooler than us. is the only place in the whole world that's oh officially God. COVID-free. Can we all please go and live in New Zealand? Or just seem to just... Can you, like, duplicate yourself, please? <laughs> Sorry, that just reminded me of the, um, looking at you, Queensland. Fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> okay, if nobody follows... Okay, if you need to know anything about Australian culture, follow Blake Pavey on TikTok. Because he, especially... The different states in Australia, if you didn't know that Australia has states, we do. Just we like do. America, we have states. We're we big enough states. for all that. Yeah. Anyway... What seven of them? All of our states had different reactions to one of the latest outbreaks of um, the UK strain of COVID in yeah. Australia, and it was it was a new year. It was just, yeah, yeah it was a and so year. just before that, pretty much Victoria and New South Wales had been shut down, and yeah. Queensland has had its borders shut to anyone from Victoria or New South Wales for like a good six months. And so Blake, we're thriving. Blake was um, he made a TikTok that was about. Uh, you know, who everyone was going to, which he was acting as each state and he was saying who was going to kiss who on New Year's. Seriously, so, Queensland had one line and it was just perfectly <laughs> We Our premier has been very outspoken about not opening the borders, not yeah. letting anyone through unless you have really have, you know, your special provisions and you've gone through the right... That's not to say she's not letting anyone into the state, no. but you just have to go through all of the... It's a long process, but it's worth it. Yeah, I mean, to get into our state, the best state, whatever. We're COVID-free! <laughs> we are the best at the moment. I think all the Australians are COVID-free at the moment. Well, then, yay. <laughs> but anyway, so 
I we can't the, remember what state we were he the was. First to be COVID free. Was it New South Wales that he was? Uh, I think it was Victoria acting as. But anyway, <laughs> he was as whatever state he was being. He was talking to Queensland and saying, "Queensland got a sneaky pash waiting for you for, like, then, for New Year's midnight. Like, are we gonna kiss for midnight?" And, he was and like, then Queensland turned around with a bottle of you know your multi-purpose spray, <laughs> just it and just went fuck off (laughs) and it just really encapsulated everything that our premier has been saying about no you cannot come into our border if you've been sick in the last 14 days just fuck off we don't want your germs (laughs) it was the perfect tiktok and if i can find it i will link it on um our instagram at damn snack our pod shameless plug so funny it's so fucking funny i won't link it yet like i won't do it today because no one will know what the fuck i'm talking about (laughs) i'll do it when the app comes out but Oh my god, fan fucking tastic TikTok. Oh, so funny. So funny. <laughs> we so both good. do and don't apologize for the profanity because uh, we are Australian. Why are we apologizing for it? That's why I said don't. Yeah, why did you bother? <laughs> because with that this statement? is a kid's book and I do feel bad anytime we bring shit Get like that. Get fucked. Like, oh. The people who are going to listen to this know. We, there's a warning at the I beginning know. of and the this, episode. And this podcast is marked explicit, but I still get like, oh. <laughs> It's nah. fine. It's fine. It's, I'm fine. <laughs> no, nah, you're fucked. Don't give a shit. <laughs> what did you say before, before we were recording about the Canadian crew? Yeah, I was getting there. Right, <laughs> I okay. just thought it was really funny. Okay, but I, like, it is a spoiler for um, the second series, Heroes of Olympus, in Son of Neptune. <laughs> but we meet a character, Frank, and uh, he is Chinese-Canadian. <laughs> so Percy's lost his memory and he's trying to think of stuff and they meet some... Lastrigonians. Lastrigonians. I keep on thinking Lastrigans, and I'm like, no. Anyway, he they meet some Lastrigonians, and they don't know what they are. Of course, Percy knows, but he's had his memory wiped. Anyway, yeah. but Frank and Hazel are he's both He's got, like, like, his memories with no context. Yeah. So he has them, and they come back, and he's like, why am I remembering that? And then he can't find the trail as to, like, this is why I remember. Yeah. Anyway, it's yeah. <laughs> so funny, because I didn't realise, because I haven't read these books in so long, that that's where that reference came from. <laughs> But it's, <laughs> Frank just gets so butthurt about oh, it. It's like, ah! Oh. Oh, yeah, so they ask, they see these Lestragonians, um, and uh, they're like, oh my god, what are those? And just, they're like, they're these, like, explained, and they're, like, described as these horrible monsters, because yeah. that's what they are. And then it was like, what are they? And Percy's like, Canadians. And Frank's like, excuse me? <laughs> oh, so funny. <laughs> Oh, like, we're watching The Office, and it just reminded me of that one scene where Ryan's just like, bitch. <laughs> it's a little cameo. So talking about Kathy? No, it was, um, what's-his-face's wife? Oh, Robert California's Ra- wife. Yeah, it was yeah, Robert yeah, California's yeah. wife called him Brian, and he was like, <laughs> actually, no, it's Ryan, and then in the little you know, side interview, it was just him going, bitch. <laughs> And I was like, that was Frank. Oh, that was Frank. so good. What Percy called the Lastrigonians Canadians. If, oh my god, can you imagine if the show was shot like the <laughs> Just little sidebars, the characters going, what the fuck? <laughs> if it's shot anything like this Winx TV show, I'm going to be pissed off. No, hang on, hear me out though. If Percy was shot like The Office... That would play so well into, especially, okay, it would work better for Heroes of Olympus yeah. because you have all of your different characters. And it would be them in their cabins. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got all of them having their point of view. So it would work better for Heroes of Olympus. But 
it would also kind of work well for Percy because, you know, he's got all his little commentary. Yeah. Um, you could do it like that. <laughs> <laughs> cut back to him and be like, or, or you could do just that way, cut back to it like they do in Emperor's New Groove, where um, yeah. he just goes like, and then this happened, this, 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 when he's drawing on the image. My god, please shoot it like that. Yeah. I will die laughing. That'll be the best thing that's ever happened or to me. Or it'll just be sort of like those modern family moments where they break fourth wall and they just like look at the camera to emphasize their points and be like, <laughs> All fantastic examples of yeah. comedy media that we want to be seeing. Honestly, in yes. I, yeah, you can break fourth wall. In fact, yes, I want them to break oh fourth wall. Oh my god. Not all the time. Okay, but you have to pull it off really well. Yeah, no, you have to pull it off you really. Pull you better, it off well. Rick. You better have really good directors in here and writers, <laughs> especially if you're gonna make it like a comedy. Yeah, I would work so well. Oh, uh, but too, if they try to make it all dark and ooh, and like, angsty, like this fucking wings yeah. TV show, I'm gonna be pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> we just wanted to see some fairies with wings exactly. going around fucking shit up. That's all we wanted. And all we got we had was to make it like fucking so dumb. I'm not going on a rant about that. All we got was in the la- well. All we got was in the last episode was her with fire wings. And I was oh, like, she didn't so even fly. Bullshit. So bullshit. She didn't even. They didn't even shape wings for more than three seconds, and she didn't even. Didn't fly have the budget for saying. it, Jack. Didn't have the budget. I was like, that's bullshit. <laughs> but then we get okay. So after you know all of that happens, Percy's explaining to <laughs> Tyson the gods and everything, and then he tells him that he's the son of Poseidon, and Tyson clicks with it first because Tyson already knows that he's the son of Poseidon, doesn't he? Yeah, because he's already been praying to Poseidon to send him a savior. Yeah. But because he's only two, he doesn't really... He's sort of like... He's still baby. Yeah, he's like, oh, you're a child of Poseidon, I'm a child of Poseidon, but he doesn't yet put it together. He was like, that means we're brothers. It takes him another day to realise that. Oh, I think it's starting to click here, because he's like, you know, he starts to say it, but then he gets cut off, or he just cuts himself off. Yeah, and then he can't say it in the car, because he's too sick. (laughs) Well, yeah. I would be too. Also, because I'm assuming Annabeth's constantly giving him evil glares. I'm like, bitch, chill. Bill oh, he gets cut off by a siren because Tyson says, but you are son of the sea god. And then Percy says, yeah, my dad's Poseidon. And Tyson frowns. Now he looks confused and then says, but then dot, dot, dot. And then it says, a siren wailed. So it's like, he got cut off by it. So he really, uh, yeah. This is the big boy. Oh, He's got his big boy pants on. So then Annabeth summons the Grey Sisters taxi. Yeah, yeah. So when, you know, Annabeth's looking around for her drachma, could you not use your casino card if it acts as all currency? And also, following on from that, in the first chapter when Percy was saying, you know, it's a luxury for us to go to the skate shop to buy this thing, yeah. wouldn't you have been using your um, casino card to pay a few bills? Yes! Wouldn't you think? Where's your casino card? Where's your casino card, Percy? Seriously, you could be so fucking rich. I mean, he is so fucking rich if he just utilised it. <laughs> so, like, it's just there waiting, you know? So, like, seriously, though, when he asked, what's the limit on these casino cards? And the guys were like, what? <laughs> a limit? What are you talking about? Yep, and then they escaped, and it was like, well, well escaped, they left. <laughs> they just walked out with <laughs> much of an escape. <laughs> so then, yeah, we meet the Grey Sisters. Do you want to learn some things about the Grey Sisters? Definitely, Joe? hit me. So, the Grey Sisters in mythology are called the... There's a few different pronunciations for it. They're called the Grey, also pronounced as Grye or Grye. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they're daughters of Forces and Keto, so they're sisters to the Gorgons, right? And also to uh, the Hesperides and Echidna and Laden and Thusa, who is 
the mother of Polyphemus with Poseidon. So, adding some things together, that's why we're using the Grey Sisters in this book, okay. because they, you know, it they kind of connects to, connects to story. Odysseus, well, to Polyphemus' story, and also to Poseidon a little bit. And right. Forces and Cedo are, uh, Forces and Keto, I mean, are sea deities, so yeah. also connecting with Percy a little bit there. So, they also, the uh, Grey are also known as the Forces because of their father. They're yep. one of the most famous triumvirates alongside the Gorgons, the Fates, and the Furies. Yep. And they're called the Grey Sisters colloquial in Sea of Monsters because their collective names normally translated as the Grey Ones. Yep. And they're translated that way because they, depending on which myth you read, the way that they appear are that they were born grey skin, grey hair, you know, all of this. Anyway, they're three sea hags who personified the white foam of the sea because they are daughters of these two sea deities, along with the Gorgons, who were symbols for the underwater reefs. That's why they're, like, dangerous and whatever. Yeah. So that's why these guys are the white foam of the sea, and they're also the personification of other elements of dangers of the sea. They have the three names in the book, Anger, Wasp, and Tempest, are not their names in mythology. Their names in mythology are Dino, who was the terrible one slash dread. That one was sometimes replaced with Persis, who was the destroyer. Then there's Enyo, who is the warlike, also known as horror. And then Pamphredo, who is she who guides the way, also known as alarm. So anger is Dino. Tempest is Enyo. That's not true. Um, Wasp is Pamphredo. Anger is Dino. But then Tempest is supposed to be Persis, which is just the same as Dino. So you've got two of our Grey Sisters in the Sea of Monsters are one of the actual Grey, and then Pamfrido. So there isn't one that's actually Tempest. I've just, yeah. Right. Which is a bit different. Anyway, so they were grey-haired from birth, shared amongst themselves a single detachable eye and tooth. The reason that they're uh, important to Percy's story is because because they're related to the Gorgons, they were known as the secret keepers. They were the ones who kept the secrets of where the Gorgons lived. So when Perseus was going to slay Medusa, he had to go through the Grey first, yeah. and the way that he got the information out of them was he basically, while they were handing the eye between each other, he just, like, picked it up. Yeah, he intercepted it. Yeah, basically. And then they were like, oh my god, fuck, well, we'll tell you anything to get our eye back and whatever. And then once he got the location of the cave of the Gorgons... Um, some people believe that he returned the eye to them, but the way that it's described in this book, which is one of the other myths, is it was thrown into a lake. <laughs> we had to go get it. So it was thrown into the lake of, uh, into Lake Tritonus, which is just funny because it's right. <laughs> my favourite. Um, but yeah, so they became permanently blind until they could find the eye again. Yeah. So the Grey are usually depicted as old cronies, um, but according to Ashless, However, they were siren-shaped monsters with the head and arms of old women, but the bodies of swans, right. which is interesting. Weird. Yeah. And then the things that um, aren't mentioned in Greek mythology are obviously that they drive a taxi. That's not a thing. <laughs> or that they drive any kind of thing to help mortals. That's not a thing. You have to go to them. Yeah. Or to help demigods, you have to go to them. They're not any kind of prophesia that I could find in Greek mythology. They're not... So, like, the fact that they're giving Percy coordinates to this thing doesn't make sense because he's not going to find the Gorgons when that's supposed to be the only secret that they have. Yeah. So, if he was going to find Medusa or Sino or Uriel, it would be, yep, go to the Grey Sisters, get that information. But for them to give him these coordinates is like, well, you shouldn't have that information because you're not prophecies, you know? Yeah. 
So that doesn't make sense. But you said and the then, secret keeper, so maybe they know more than the one secret. But I know in mythology, I know they're only... In, I know it says in legend, but I'm assuming that's what Rick's going off, is that they know more than one It's secret. possible, but these guys are literally only mentioned once in history, and it's by, I think, Homer. No? Yes, Homer, who wrote Perseus' story. Right. That's the only time they're mentioned at all. There's not anyone ever who goes to visit them again. So right, the only so secret it's pretty... that... Yeah, the, it's pretty cut and dry. The only secret that we know that they know to kept, to kept, to keep, is literally the lair of the Gorgons. That's it. And that's what I mean. And so it could be interpreted that the it only could. the only re- the reason it was only mentioned that they knew that secret was because that was the only secret Perseus was pursuing. So they could know more. Yeah, they it's could. possible. But yeah, that's not how it looks in Greek mythology. Anyway, the other things that aren't the same from Greek mythology to the books is. Possibly, I mean, they don't have anything in Greek mythology against Cyclops. So the thing that means they possibly don't accept Tyson is because their nephew is Polyphemus. Maybe that's why. And that's the only conclusion that I could draw to be like, well, okay. I think they just said that to me. I'd like, I think that was just in the book more to just be prejudiced against um, Tyson. I mean, it's possible, but for that prejudice to have come from somewhere, that's possibly where it's come from because their nephew is Polyphemus. Yeah. And then the other thing that's not in Greek mythology is any relation to Ganymede whatsoever, which is the person uh, in their little... when the um, pre-recorded voice comes over the speaker and it's yeah. Ganymede saying, um, I'm the cupbearer to Zeus and when I'm not out buying wine... or when I'm out buying wine for the Lord of the Skies, I always buckle up. There's no relation to Ganymede whatsoever to the Grey Sisters, so that's just something that's been put in there. So it's just weird. <laughs> yeah, it is. But I can talk about a little bit about Ganymede if you want. Alright, yeah. <laughs> So Ganymede is... Um, it's about Zeus, so I'm not really interested. It is sure. about Zeus. <laughs> Ganymede's the son of uh, the King of Troy. Oh, and, son? I thought it was a girl. <laughs> no. And um, a naiad, but he's mortal. And oh. he was known as the most beautiful of all the mortal men. Wow. And his beauty was so sufficient that even the gods were lusting after the mortal prince. And... Zeus was the one who acted upon his uh, acted upon his desires for Ganymede. So he transformed into an eagle, flew down to a field where Ganymede was uh, just chilling. Well, he was looking <laughs> after the king's livestock. So just chilling. Yeah, and Zeus abducted him as a eagle, God. brought him back to Olympus, named him the immortal cupbearer, and made him serve ambrosia and nectar at the gods' feasts. And then this fucking asshole. Yeah. And then um, he just wants to hang out with some cows. It's not really clear when the Ganymede took over Hebe's role because that was Hebe's job before she married Hercules. Right. Um, but yeah, that's not really made clear whether the role was vacant so that he could step into the role or whether he took over yeah. before she met Her- Hercules. Anyway, so Zeus then sent Hermes to give compensation to the king of Troy uh, because he was overcome with grief at not knowing where his son had gone because it just seemed like he'd disappeared. Yeah, because he was a fucking abductor. Ganymede couldn't send a message to him. So, uh, Tross, the king of Troy, was overcome with grief at the loss of his son. And believing him missing, he had, um, you know, no way of seeing where he'd gone. And some myths say that... Oh, anyway, Hermes gave compensation to Ganymede's father in the form of two studs that could stud horses that were immortal and could run on water and he also gave him like a vine of gold cool yeah 
Sorry, then, you said two studs. I was like, to replace your sexy son is two sexy people. <laughs> so some myths about <laughs> some myths about Ganymede say that Zeus abducted him because he had a homosexual passion for him and wanted him to be his lover. Yeah. So some myths really take on that and say, well, yes, he was. And then uh, Tross, Ganymede's father, was relieved that his son would have such an honourable position as the king of the gods' lover. And then almost all the gods were content with Ganymede, except for Hera, obviously, who felt jealousy. And in (laughs) some literature, such as uh, Virgil's Aeneid, uh, Hera regards Ganymede as a rival for her husband's affection. Mm. And then because he's from, Ganymede's from Troy, this was before the Trojan War, but when the Trojan War was going on, Ganymede couldn't bear to see the death and devastation that was brought on his homeland, so as a result, he was under, uh, he was unable to take over his role as the cupbearer, and he came back to do it for a little while. And then when the war ended and Troy lost and fell, uh, Zeus clouded the view of Troy from Olympus so that Ganymede would not have to observe his city um, die, basically. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. And then Zeus eventually turned Ganymede into the constellation Aquarius, otherwise known as the water bearer, uh, in the sky. And Aquarius is sitting just below the constellation of the abducting eagle. Fucking serious. <laughs> Which is called Aquila. My god. Yeah. So the reason Seriously, that they... Zeus needs to be throat punched. The reason that they regard Ganymede as, you know, the object of Zeus's desire is because he was then portrayed as the god of homosexual love and he appears as the playmate of gods like Eros and um, Hymenus. And then the other thing that I found really interesting is Ganymede's older brother Arsacus became the king of Troy after Tros died. Mm -hmm. And Arsacus is actually, well Ganymede is the distant relative of Aeneas, who was the son of Aphrodite, and he's the one who went away from Greece and started moving away to make his way towards a new civilization, civilization. and then it's Aeneas's, you know, however far down the family tree line, he's like the great, 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 whatever of Romulus and Remus, who were the founders of Rome. Okay. Which I just thought was interesting. Right. Yeah. So Ganymede is Aeneas's great uncle, or great, great uncle. You got a lot of names in there, I and I don't recognize half of them, <laughs> even though you say them all the time, and I'm still like. <laughs> so Ganymede is Aeneas' like, great it's like great uncle. Go Cap and Capra, and, and then I'm like what? Aeneas is, well, yeah, Aeneas is Romulus and Remus's like great 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 grandfather. <laughs> Too many greats in there. So which one's his great? What's him called? Ganymede. Ganymede. Great great uncle of Aeneas. Aeneas, son of Aphrodite. Yes. Right. And great, 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 great uncle of Ramus and Romulus. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Why was the older brother interesting then? Because that was um, Aeneas's... Because he's also an uncle. Grandfather. Great grandfather. Right. Okay. Yeah. Because my brain is like... With all Greekology, you need to look at the family tree itself. I'm like, why was the yeah. older brother important? <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of names. I know, it's a lot of names. They all sound so similar. <laughs> Kath, Catherine, and Kathy. If <laughs> you say it too many times, I'm like, which one's which again? Yeah. So the other thing that comes about from uh, this myth of Ganymede is that the relationship between a male 
and an adolescent male was called uh, pedicity or uh, or pedophile. Yeah, basically, <laughs> and it just describes the romantic relationship between an adult male and an adolescent male. Um, according to Plato, the Cretans were regularly accused of inventing the myth because they wanted to justify their unnatural preferences or pleasures. And but yeah, so the myth of Ganymede is or the story of Ganymede is meant to personify that because he was a teenager when Zeus came and got him. Yeah, well, most of the females. Pretty much all of them were teenagers when they were abducted yeah. by gods. Yeah. And do we get the same respect? No, no. It's opposite sex. Ah. So it's not, not the same. Uh, it's not the same, Joe. Plugging women's rats in. <laughs> but then another little fun fact. So the largest moon of Jupiter, the planet, mm-hmm. is called Ganymede. Of course it is. Yeah. I'm like really pissed off right now. <laughs> but yeah, there's no mention in his I'm really uh, pissed mythology off right either. now. <laughs> there's no mention in his mythology either about the Grey. So there's no reason for it to be. They only mention that it's slightly wrong to abduct people when it's a <laughs> male being abducted, an underage man. Yeah, oh, perhaps. what about all the 14-year-old girls? <laughs> How did I know you'd go on this rant? <laughs> because it's important! <laughs> What about all the 14-year-old girls that Zeus, you know, grossly (laughs) freaking chased and abducted and trapped and kidnapped? Oh, hilarious. Manipulated, (laughs) tricked. You're so pressed. I'm really mad. Just the audacity of this shit. I mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Pretty much. People get fucked. So yeah, then my next note was just, you know, this is the most chaotic car ride I've ever seen. <laughs> ever seen. I don't know, I'm reading Twilight at the moment. <laughs> There's a few chaotic car rides in there. <laughs> oh my god, and then our hands touched and he was ice cold. <laughs> That's only in the movie, Kate. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in the book. Nope. Do they not touch hands? Nope. There's something happens in the car. In the car? So you know how there's in the, in the movie? I remember something about the car wrapping around the tree like a pretzel. Is that from the book? Like, her thinking that they're going fast enough that if they crash. Oh, thinking that, yes. Yeah, that's But it doesn't actually happen. Yeah, no, so you know how in Twilight, the first one, when she confronts him about being a vampire, it's in a forest? Yes. No, that happens in the car. Right. And so that's the car scene, but she doesn't actually reach out and touch his hand. But she hasn't read the book yet that she went and got from the store. She doesn't get the book from the store. Oh my god, it's been a long time since I've read that book. Yeah, and no. I've watched the movie countless times <laughs> because it is a fantastic series. <laughs> terrible storyline, but great. Like, Edward's terrible. Oh, yeah. They're all like, terrible. Yeah. They're all absolutely horrible. The only one that I like Edward's is terrible, but Jacob's a hundred times worse. Oh. So, <laughs> it's not even really a contest. <laughs> I haven't even finished reading the first oh. book. I already know that I don't really like Jacob. <laughs> because he's like 14 and he's like I'm a mother Bella and I'm like you're 14 go for your own age he's like no no I'm 15 you're like you're fucking 14 you're round baby face okay so then as they're in the chaotic car ride whatever Percy sort of figures out that if he you know even though the eye jumps into his lap but he's like if I've got some leverage they'll give me this information that they've hinted at and whatever so he gets hold of the eye they tell him the coordinates and then they get basically dropped out of the car because Annabeth's like give them back the eye we need to stop here before we die that's because there's an attack happening on the hill yeah well no I mean like Oh, you mean they, she, they need to be, yeah. She was like, they just keep going until we die. Yeah, like, so she's like, please give back to them. This is our stop. If they don't stop, we're going to fucking have to come back and I don't have any more dragons. 
Which is so, the yeah. other thing. Does she give them the three extra drachmas she promised them? Oh, I don't know. But <laughs> I did write here the way that he gives them back the eye, it was in return for information. So is it kind of like, not in the sense of revenge, but is it kind of like an eye for an eye? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what, like, not it. I know that eye for an eye means. I'm going to get you back because this is what you did to me. Yeah. But could it we not also in, mean... We, we mean this in the literal sense. Yes, could it not also mean <laughs> I'll give you your eye in return for information, like something for something. Yeah. You'll get this tit for tat, you know? Yeah, like a pawn shop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. And then, yeah, my next note was just, man, this is a good cliffhanger to end on. Just them arriving at camp and going, they were under attack. Woo! And that is the end of Chapter 3. Joe. How do we feel about these three chapters in this episode in general? We've gone on quite a few tangents, but I don't oh, even care. Right. So I'm really excited for the next chapter. I this is, it's been a long time since I reread this book, <laughs> so like the different, I can't differentiate this chapters as separately as I can. I can't differentiate the chapters of this book as separately as I can the Lightning Thief. Like, with The Lightning Thief, every chapter title that comes up, I'm like, yes, this is exactly what happens in this chapter. I know this, this, this. And this is before we did the podcast and we were analysing whatever. But, like, with this book, I read the chapter titles and I'm like, I think I can remember what happened in in this chapter. So, like, this is going to be interesting for me. Yeah. To be like, oh, yeah, that. See, this is the problem, is that when I'm reading a book, I don't read the chapter titles. I just go straight into reading the actual (laughs) words. Because, you know, it's only half the time when you're reading books that they actually have chapter titles, whereas yeah. most of the time it's just, like, chapter 12, chapter 13. Yeah, so, usually literally. I forget to read the chapter titles, and then you'll say to me, you'll be like, what'd you think of the chapter title? I'll be like, I forgot to read it. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, well, this is, I mean, this is a good start to the book, and I am super excited for oh, our such next stuff. chapter. Let's so rapid fire through some plugs right now. If you want to follow us on the gram, we are at damnsnackbarpod, and if you want to send us an email, we are damnsnackbarpod at outlook.com. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, I am at Katie Mac. that's K-I-T-I-E-M-A-C-K-K, and if you want to follow me on Twitter or Tumblr, I am at fishjesus, F-I-S-H-J-E-Z-U-S. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's joeymcd33, that's J-O-E-Y dot M-C-D three three. And we will see you guys next week for chapters four to six of Sea of Monsters. I almost said the lightning thief. Chapters four to six of the lightning thief. No. Just kidding, we're reading Sea of Monsters now, guys. Season two. Thanks. Get for... fucking pumped. Oh, thanks for coming back. We fucking love it. Sick. And we will see you guys in the next week. Bye. Bye.